You, O Lord, shall keep us and preserve us. Save me, O Lord, for the godly man has failed. The reading is from the Acts of the Apostles. In those days, as we apostles were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by soothsaying. She followed Paul and us, crying, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul was annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I charge you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hopes of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews. They are disturbing our city. They advocate for customs, which is not lawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore their garments off of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had afflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's fetters were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Men, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus. You shall be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all that were in his house. And he took them that same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once with all his family. Then he brought them into his house and set food before them, and he rejoiced with all his household that he had believed in God. Sweet to you, the reader. hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. At that time, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be made manifest in him. 
We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, night comes, when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As he said this, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and anointed the man's eyes with the clay, saying to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar said, Is not this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He said, I am the man. They said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the, to the Pharisees a man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. The Pharisees again asked him how he had received the, his sight. And he said to them, He put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? There was a division among them. So they again said to the blind man, What do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son? who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess him to be Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether he is a sinner I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you too want to become his disciples? And they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, why? This is a marvel. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. 
Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who speaks to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. The well-known painting called The Light of the World by English artist William Holman Hunt hangs in the Keeble College Chapel at Oxford. The familiar image shows Jesus holding a lantern in his hand and preparing to knock on an overgrown and long unopened door to a home. One of the intriguing aspects of this painting is that the door does not have a handle. When questioned about the lack of a way to open the door, Hunt explained that he wanted to represent the imagery of Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, where Jesus himself says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. The Apostle John's words and the painting illustrate the very kindness of Jesus. He gently knocks on the door of our own souls with his offer of light and of peace. Christ stands and patiently waits for us to respond. He does not open the door himself, and he does not force his way into our lives. He does not impose his will on ours. Instead, he offers all people equally the gift of salvation, light, and truth to guide them. To anyone who opens the door, He promises to enter. And once welcomed and allowed inside, his transformative light and grace can then act. Today's gospel lesson on this sixth Sunday of Pascha is the familiar one of the man born without eyes. And it is the contrasting story of one who opens the door to the light of Christ and of those who keep that door shut. It is the paradoxical story of a blind man who comes to see and of healthy-eyed people who remain blind. The one is enlightened, but the others are darkened. The one bows down and worships Jesus, his creator. The others say, We see, 
but remain in their sins. Christ's manner of healing the man born blind is, it has been said, rather unusual. More often than not, Christ heals by simply uttering his commanding word. But this time, he mixes his spittle, his saliva, with the earth, and then spreads the mud onto the blind man's eye sockets. But why is this? What on earth is going on here? The second century bishop, St. Irenaeus, points out that this action of Christ is the very same as our original formation or creation. In Genesis, the hand of God himself mixed his breath, that is the Holy Spirit, with the earth to form a living human being. We just heard Jesus say, I must work the works of him who sent me. And St. Irenaeus explains that the work of God is making human beings. Everything else in Genesis is created by a word, an utterance, or by a command. But then on the sixth day of creation, God says, let us, that is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make man a human being in our image. So, St. Irenaeus concludes, God omitted to form the blind man's eyes while in the womb of his mother, so that, as the gospel puts it, the work of God might be made manifest in him. God's work is making human beings, and specifically human beings in his image after the stature of Jesus Christ himself. In other words, the point of this passage, or at least one of them, is to remind us that we are but clay in the potter's hands. Just as the prophet Isaiah once said, O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hands. We are continually being made, brothers and sisters, we are being fashioned, molded, so that we might conform to the image of God, so that we might also become true and authentic human beings, become what we were made to be. And we're reminded that we can only do this by the grace of the Holy Spirit, as water that is added to dry earth, to our brittle selves, so that we can be malleable and responsive to God's own hands. But this only happens by opening that door and inviting Christ inside, allowing him to work in us and to work on us. If being transformed, if being conformed to Christ is taking up his cross and ourselves being crucified with him, beginning to live here and now, the new resurrectional life of the coming kingdom, to the extent that we die to this world, if this is 
the ultimate goal? Well, it doesn't happen in any other way than in our very own daily struggles. The image of being clay in the hands of God might seem to be rather gentle and welcome. But we must remember that such clay is continually being squashed and squeezed, pounded, even twisted, all so that it can be reshaped, be completed, and ultimately perfected. The only thing that stops it from disintegrating into dust is the water that keeps it together. Likewise with ourselves, life continually deals us unexpected blows, and we are certainly bruised. However, knowing that all things are in the skillful and creative hands of our God, this key confession of faith demanded by all who are baptized, we can, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, allow ourselves to be worked over so that we can be conformed to the image of Christ, dying that we might live, decreasing that he might increase in us. And so, my brothers and sisters, as you hear the voice of Jesus and his gentle knock on the door of your soul, be encouraged that he patiently waits for you and that he will enter into every facet of our life if you welcome him in. He who is not only the light of the world, but the light of each and every one of us. And thus becoming like wax softened by the warm light of the sun, we might be continuously fashioned into the precious vessels of the Spirit by the loving hand of our Creator, to whom be the power and the glory forever. Amen. Christ is risen.